0: Let us pray. Holy Father, we approach Thy throne in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that we have an advocate with You, that we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And though we know not what to pray for as we ought, we have one that intercedes and presents our petitions before you. oftentimes we find ourselves not knowing what to ask for as we ought. We find ourselves groaning. We find ourselves lost for words. We desire to Speak in such a way that is honoring and respectful and pleasing unto you. Knowing that you have taught us that we ought always to pray and not faint. Forgive us our feigning. forgive us in our lack of knowing how to pray forgive us of our cold and indifferent heart so many times help us to know the richness of of the sweet hour of prayer. Help us, our God, as we live out our lives upon this earth, endeavoring to honor and worship You and live live in such a way that is Honoring and pleasing unto You. Help us now as we endeavor to look into Your Word. We pray, Father, for other ministers. We pray for the Gospel to be believed and obeyed. We pray for mercy for our nation. We don't deserve it, but you are a merciful God. And we pray for health and strength as we live out our lives in this low ground of sin and sorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come back to this fifth chapter of first John, in showing that Christianity is not just made up of words, but it has to do with action. It's a combination of many graces and many activities. We find that the habitual traits are exercised in the heart, not just in the head, and they flow forth in outward manifestations in the life of the individual Christian. As we mentioned this morning, we'll come back to how that love and keeping the commandments are interchangeable. If we're not keeping the commandments of God, how can we say that we love Him? And if we love Him, then we will be keeping His commandments. Even as verses 2 and 3 state here in chapter 5, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep His commandments... And this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For those who believe that the commandments of God are a hard thing, one must question whether his heart has been softened by the Spirit of God or not. My problem is not with the commandments as much as it is with my own heart in the fact that I don't keep them as I would desire. Notice again, this love is a present active indicative. And to keep the commandments means to Guard them. You have your eye upon them, and you're preventing them from escaping out of your mind. It's the idea of a fortress or full military lines of, of, of apparatus. In other words, you're on duty and you're watching and looking intently. Not only guarding the commandments, but guarding yourself in trying to keep them. I like what one man said. He said the word keep here means to attend to carefully, to take care of, to guard, to observe. The word in this connection speaks of a watchful solicitous, solicitous excuse me a solicitous guarding and care of God's commandments, lest we disobey them, with the thought that we are concerned with his honor and glory in our Christian testimony to the same. It is a jealous safekeeping of his commandments, lest they be violated. And in fact, this man translated this verse, In this we know experimentally that we are habitually loving the born ones of God whenever we are habitually loving and keeping His commandments and are habitually guarding and observing with solicitous care. As we said this morning, Christianity is not a dichotomy of either the one or the other. It's not that we either love God or we're keeping His commandments. It's not that we love the people of God or we're keeping His commandments. But it's we're doing all. We're loving God and loving the people and keeping His commandments. They all work together harmoniously. When you look back at the history of Christianity and the many warfares and hatred that has been exhibited from various denominations and people under the name of Christian, it makes you wonder what's real and what's not. You have the Inquisition where the people professed to be Christian killed others because they would not take up their own religion. You had that among the Catholics. You had that among the Protestants. And you've had the Catholics and the Protestants persecuting the Baptists. Historically, as a people, the Baptists are the only ones that haven't taken up arms to fight against others as an entity. And yet, at the same time, There's been a lot of hatred and malice within various Baptist congregations. Something is wrong, but it's not with God. It's not with God. And it's a sad day in the history of Christianity when people of any sort, of any group, profess to be Christian and exhibit malice and hatred against others that profess to be Christian. That's a direct violation of what God has told us here in 1 John chapter 5. There are many scriptural references of showing the loving of the law and of the commandments of God. Both Old And New Testament. First of all, let's look in Exodus chapter twenty. The idea of loving the commandments is not foreign to the scriptures. Exodus chapter twenty. I'll just read verse 6. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. The idea of loving God and keeping the commandments was issued on Mount Sinai. When God instituted The Ten Commandments. Loving God and keeping the commandments. That's reiterated in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 10. But we won't read that. But let's read Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy, notice this, with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Here again, under the law service, that Old Testament law service, it's not just keeping the commandments, not just do this, but it's loving them. Loving the commandments of God. Loving what God has said. I was talking to pastor recently. It's a rather large congregation compared to many in this day in which we live. And he was bemoaning the fact that even when they might have a house full on the Lord's Day, many of them do not come back. On the night, Sunday night or Wednesday night service, there's something wrong there. When you have professed believers that can stay at home and not love the house of God and keep the commandment of God, because God said uh, in Hebrews, if nowhere else, that we're not to forsake the the, the assembling of ourselves together. I have bragged on this congregation more than once when y'all have testified that this is the best day of the week for y'all. You desire to be in the house of the Lord. You enjoy being in the house of the Lord. You want to hear the gospel being preached. You want to sing the songs of Zion. And obviously we won't be making any records of singing. And we won't be on the front line of the, the front page and the headlines of any national newspaper or, or uh, 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 gospel magazine. But your testimony is you love the house of God. And we know that by your record keeping, by your attendance. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And now Israel what does the Lord thy God require of thee? You know, but what is it that God wanted out of them? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. This is what God requires. To love Him. To love His commandments. To love Him. To love His commandments. Notice Daniel chapter 9. Obviously, we could give many more passages of Scripture. But for time's sake, we won't. But Daniel, chapter 9, Verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, this great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments I thought of something in reading uh, verse 3 I was talking to a minister recently that uh, on Wednesday evening he conducts a prayer meeting in his home and uh, recently he pointed out a uh, many passages of Scripture where it talked about praying and fasting. And he talked about how that uh, he fasted on Wednesday when they're having their prayer meeting time and was trying to encourage others to do the same thing. And after the prayer meeting was over, Either that night or the next day, I don't remember which, he received, I believe, a text message from one of the people that attend the prayer meeting regarding him talking about and encouraging people to fast. He said, That sounds like legalism to me. I was astounded. That anyone could read the Bible when the Lord talked so much about praying and fasting to say that's legalism. But here is where we are. Here is an individual that attends prayer meeting on an equal I mean on a uh Regular basis, and yet the mere suggestion to him of praying and fasting is legalism. No wonder our nation is where it is. I wonder how many people would talk about loving the Ten Commandments. Loving the law of God. Loving the Scriptures. Yes, we live in troublesome times. Very, very troublesome times. And yet this is, this is what God has commanded us to do. Look at Matthew Chapter Twelve. Matthew Chapter Twelve Beginning of verse. 46, while he yet talked, that is Jesus, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, who is Thy mother, my mother. And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother John chapter 14 John chapter 14 verse 15 if you love me Keep my commandments. Dropping down to verse 21. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, He it is that loveth me. You can ask a lot of people, do you love God? And they say yes. Yes. But I wonder how many of those people, if you ask them, do you keep his commandments? Because if they really love God, and you ask them if they keep his commandments, they say yes. That's what Jesus said. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. The next time you're talking to somebody and you ask them if they love God, ask them if they're keeping His commandments. See what they say. And if they say, well, why do you ask me that? Say, well, Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Most likely, you're going to make somebody mad. Most likely, somebody's going to accuse you of legalism. And yet, there's where we are today. Among professing Christians as a rule. As a rule. Verse 21 again, John 14. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love Me, notice that, if a man love Me, he will keep My words. And My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth Me not keepeth not My sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. I don't know how you can get any plainer than that. And I remind you again, who is it that John is writing? Not hit not just in His epistle, but in the gospel also, he's writing to his people. He's writing to believers. How do we know that? Well, we've quoted it many times before and brought it to our attention. But in John 20, verses 30 and 31, other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that you might believe literally in the Greek that you might keep on believing that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that continuing to believe you might have life in His name that's really how that translates out Look back in John chapter 15, verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. In other words, if you want to be living in the love of God, you are keeping the commandments of God. And then he said in verse 14, You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Now there's many others that we could read. I have some written down here. I'll give them to you in case you might want to look them up later. Later. I won't belabor the point. I think I've made made it very clear. But Psalm nineteen verses seven through eleven. And Psalm one hundred and nineteen verses forty seven and forty eight and ninety seven. One twenty seven and one forty Romans seven twelve and twenty two and Hebrews chapter eight and verse ten Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture from the Old Testament through the New, teaches us that love to God is going to coincide with keeping the commandments. And much is talked about in the world, particularly in the world of Christianity, of having love to God and loving one another. But you don't hear too many sermons connecting the two, that is, love and keeping the commandments. One is just as essential as the other. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And then John tells us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that His commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not grievous. That is, His commandments are not weighty. They're not burdensome. They're not heavy. When it talks about the love of God here, it's talking about the love for God. This is the love of God. This is the love for God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. Let's look and see how this word grievous is used. It's only used six times in the New Testament. So we ought to get a good overall understanding by looking at these six verses. First of all, Matthew 23. Matthew 23. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, we have what's called the Beatitudes. Here in Matthew 23, we see the the, uh, maledictions. Not the benedictions, as in the Sermon on the Mount, but the maledictions, where He says, Woe, woe, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees for various reasons. But notice, here in Matthew 23, we'll start at verse 1. The word that we're looking for is in uh, verse 4. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to His disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy, and there's our word, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves would not move them with one of their fingers. The scribes and the Pharisees made a bunch of rules and regulations for other people, and they didn't even keep them them, themselves. And that's the problem all too often. verse 23 of the same chapter woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier there's our word matters of the law what are the weightier matters of the law judgment mercy and faith These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. In other words, they were supposed to not do one and not the other, but they were supposed to do both. Acts chapter 20. Verse twenty nine Paul said for I know this that after my departure for after my departing shall grievous grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, the word grievous. There's our word grievous. God's commandments are not grievous. God's commandments are not weightier. God's commandments are not heavy. God's commandments are loved. Acts 27. In verse 7. Well, I've written down the wrong, I either got the wrong chapter or the wrong verse, but it's supposed to be where the word grievous is used. Well, let's go on to the Second Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 10. For his letters, that is the letters of Paul, say they are weighty and powerful but His bodily presence is weak and His speech contemptible. The word there is weighty. So this is this word for grievous in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. His commandments are not grievous. They're not weighty. They're not burdensome. And the next time you hear somebody complaining at the commandments of God, whether it's the Ten Commandments or anything else that God has enjoined us to do. You need to look at them very carefully. You need to look at them very carefully. Now, obviously, any one of us may have an aversion to one or more of the commandments of the Lord in our life. But it's not a lifestyle. In other words, it's not our norm. It's not the norm of our, our everyday life. And we need to realize what He's teaching here in, in the Scriptures. Yes, the commandments are irritating and dreadful to us in our unregenerate state. Before we were regenerated, before we were born again, we had an aversion to the to the commandments of God. Romans eight. Verses 6 through 8 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I well remember. in the days of my unregenerate state. Attending the preaching of the Gospel. Well, I kindly give some of the history. I was dating a girl that I don't remember, but I think she was a member of the congregation at Martin, Tennessee. And at that time, Elder Hassel Wallace was the pastor. And if anybody ever knew Brother Wallace, he was uh, a man that stressed the importance of obeying God. I went, to the worship service at the congregation at Martin because of the girl that I was dating. But I sure didn't like Brother Wallace nor his preaching. Later on, after the Lord converted me, in the providence of God, I was blessed to spend quite a bit of time with Brother Wallace. And during that time, uh, upon one occasion, I confessed to him that at one time I hated him. And later on, Brother Wallace and I were on a trip. I don't remember. I think I remember the trip, but maybe not exactly exactly. And he got to picking my brain a little bit about my lifestyle before I was converted. And after a while, Brother Wallace said, Brother Barber, if half the stuff you've told me is true, I can understand why you hated me. That was my state. I didn't love God. I didn't love the people of God. Not spiritually. I attended worship, but that was only because of uh, my desire to please the young lady. But I didn't like preaching that stressed obedience to God. I know what it is to be on both sides of the fence. I've been there, but I truly thank God He didn't leave me there. I thank God that He gives me a love for His Word and a love for His commandment, and I know you do too. For without that, well, we we would be a very we would be very miserable. The Word of God, the regenerate, shows and verifies that he loves God. I'm going to stop here and come back to that next time because I want to drive this home. Because in the day in which we live, too many people have the idea, well, you know, God understands and God knows me and... God looks over me and I'm thankful for the love of God and once saved, always saved, regardless of how I live and so on. Beloved, that's just, that's just foreign to Scripture. And I want that to be addressed as we uh, carry this out. And I would have to stop in the middle of that point and uh, Lord willing, we'll take that up next time. I really believe that what we've seen already should be enough for anyone. But over and over and over and over and over again, we find that the regenerate not only loves the commandments and the law of the Lord, but we are exhorted to keep and love them. That is the commandments. Let's pray. Holy Father, we do indeed thank you for your word. And as we said earlier, what bothers us is that we don't keep the commandments like we desire. Frankly, sometimes, Father, I wonder how you continue to put up with me in my trifling ways. I pray that you would help us to have a greater love and a deeper appreciation for you, your word, and your commandments in every aspect